All right, welcome back to another episode of Talk to Tatiana. And today we are interviewing another entrepreneur and we're asking Harold, Harold Newman of Newman Tax, uh, about his journey in entrepreneurship. Harold, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me here. Yeah, awesome. uh, so, yeah go ahead. Harold, um, sure, uh, please share like kind of where you started and why you started your own business. Well, I always had, I was always, um, you know, learned taxation and I basically in school is where it all started in high school, believe it or not. Um, I was one of the guys that uh, fell asleep in the back of the accounting class and uh, somehow the teacher noticed that and started calling on me. And somehow I ended up having the, the right answers, which was kind of odd. But uh, <laughs> after so many periods after that, then the good old, uh, uh, he told me to go in the detention room and uh, gave me different type of uh, curriculum. So, and uh, he started doing with the taxes because he had his own practice and I started doing taxes for him, so to speak. So it was kind of a, a weird uh, way of doing things. And that's how it all started. Cool. Cool. And so um, I know that you've shared the story with me before. Um, and what I'm curious to know is kind of how, after you've started doing taxes, kind of how you're basically just go all in and or all out um, and share um, how that journey progressed to where you are today. Well, I started uh, being in accounting uh, as a bookkeeper, so to speak, during high school. And then I uh, ended up getting into a, a CPA firm. So I was a junior accountant at the time. And at that time, all of a sudden I had a, a you know, the company that I was working for, their controller uh, suddenly had to leave position and they gave me a test and I became a controller at the age of 20. So when that happened, I started working there. I was working there for quite some time and I was the guy that was getting, you know, a 25 cent uh, raise if I asked for it, so to speak. So um, after so many years, I asked him uh, about another raise and he basically said, you're not worth it. And uh, that kind of irritated me, so to speak, as you can tell. Um, so I ended up uh, telling him that, uh, you know, I gave him my two week notice. He flat out stated, quote unquote, you will never make it on your own. And that's where I am today, so to speak, because that renaissance all the way through and uh, never look back. So cool. Yeah. How dare he? Right. <laughs> Ironically, I don't know if it was uh, reverse psychology or what, because he did know that I was doing uh, taxes at the time because I enjoyed it. And um, I was helping a lot of people, including 80% uh, of his uh, family. Uh, in fact, <laughs> probably about half of them are still my clients today. So kind of ironic. But, uh, you know, like I said, is that that put me in the right direction, so to speak. And uh, I wanted to you know, prove it to myself and prove it to him that I could do it. And uh, ironically, we're, we're still, you know, unfortunately, he passed away. But uh, up to that point, we, you know, I'd go there every couple of years and say hi and how, how are you doing and everything else. And uh, it's all good. <laughs> so that, it's kind of a weird uh, story, but uh, it, um, you know, I just excelled after that. Okay, cool. So and then when you when this happened, when you gave you two weeks notice, what happened next? Well, I got picked up by another firm for double what my wages were. Um, but I told them I'm only going to be there for two years to fix their accounting problems. 
And then I went on 100% on my own. And how, and so how long, like, has it been since you've been on your own? Okay, I started uh, part-time when I was doing that. So that was in about 91. And then I went full-time, 93. Okay, so you've been at it for about, what, 24 years or so? Well, no. Hold on. Yeah, 24 years, right? Yes. 27, actually, 28. Oh, now you're dating me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's been a while, and I love what I do. That's the nice thing is it's not – It'd be different if you hated what you do, but I kind of love what I do and I'm just uh, focusing more and more and, uh, you know, I enjoy helping people and that's, that's why I'm here. Cool. And so tell us about your firm today, what you do, what you specialize in, how many people work for you and all those juicy details. Okay. Well, the, the, the name is Newman Tax and Resolution Inc. And uh, we specialize in complex tax issues. Um, all the way from individual to corporate to fiduciary to you name it. Um, and basically, we deal with anything that has to deal with tax. We do re- a lot of resolution. Um, we're starting uh, into a lot of litigation and audits for clients. And uh, we really enjoy it. Um, I'm now at 10 employees. And cool. uh, in fact, we're, I have a couple interviews uh, today, actually, for hopefully uh, the 11th. So hopefully that goes through. We'll see what happens and uh, go from there. But, uh, yeah, we're still expanding. And, um, you know, we're in a good niche over here in uh, California, a nice area that, uh, believe it or not, everybody owes and, uh, and needs a tax person and someone that can help them uh, when they get into those little problems, so to speak. Cool. Cool. And so when you uh, when you started your business for the first time on your own completely, um, was there anything that's really surprised you, something that you didn't expect to be doing or to be handling or to be facing um, when you just started out? Yeah, there was a lot of decision making at the beginning of time. There was a lot of different, uh, you know, what type of business it is and so forth of that nature. And the direction was a little hard back then. Um, you know, it, uh, but now that, that was probably the hardest part is trying to deal with where, where to go and, uh, who to get help with, because back in that time, this area was not, uh, too big, so to speak, um, had to learn how to advertise and do everything on my own back then. So I, I think that would be one of the hardest things, not necessarily the, the, the clientele just came. Because luckily I had a lot of, uh, you know, I guess a lot of um, help from the prior um, experiences that I had. And a lot of people just came forth. That's awesome. And so for people who don't know, because I don't think that a lot of folks listening, especially so this podcast is for people who are just potentially thinking about starting a business or started the business or maybe are early into it. Talk a little bit about the tax resolution what does that imply because you and i know what it means but really people listening generally don't so go in depth please oh okay well this pertains to um well i'm going to put a quite a few different people in there there's there's people that really need help for example if you get a divorce and you're the person that never does any of the tax returns or anything like that and you sell a house you think there's going to be tax issues you forget to do your taxes due to an incident um, then all of a sudden the IRS, uh, 
you know, gives you a love. I call them love letters. And uh, <laughs> then you're trying to hide under a rock. Um, that is, and so what I do is I go in, find out what the problem is in the tax situation, and then try to resolve it for the client. Uh, try to minimize the tax. Believe it or not, most of them are something that can be fixed. You can either get into like, like an installment agreement, an offering compromise, um, people that also have um, a lot of people say, well, I can do it myself and do an audit on their own, especially when they're self-employed. Um, that's the worst thing to do because then it's, then they get, um, I call it the foot and mouth syndrome, so to speak, and they end up getting the worse, they, they end up hurting themselves. So I can actually go in and do audit recon, uh, recon, uh, where I, uh, do audit reconsideration with the IRS. So there's a lot of different avenues to it. Um, even bankruptcy is one choice. It's a final choice, but a lot of people don't realize that can be, uh, you know, some taxes can be eliminated by bankruptcy. Cool. So basically you deal with all the problems and I've certainly seen my share of clients that, um, had some sort of a life event. Um, and then they couldn't, you know, they forgot to file or they didn't have the time or the mindset or whatever, whatever happened to, to handle it and then becomes a snowball, uh, by the time they get to it. So I've certainly seen that. And it certainly happens more often than we think. Do you agree? Yes. In fact, um, I've done some research around here and it seems about one out of every four people tend to have some sort of tax problem, believe it or not. So, wow. and there's not a lot of people that know how to fix them. They'll go to certain people that most of them are afraid of the IRS. Well, you know, um, <laughs> they're just doing their job, so to speak. So we kind of uh, have to talk their language to help people, so to speak. <laughs> you know, you actually, I just came up with the title for this podcast episode. Um, and I'm going to call it. Um, we're not afraid of the IRS. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> there is. I mean, I, you know, I hate to say it, but I love uh, fighting the IRS. I wouldn't want to be on their side. I'm against their side, so to speak, because it's kind of, it's kind of like a government entity and, you know, it's kind of one of those things. So <laughs> that's in a way how I do it because there's so many small people that actually get hurt more than the bigger guys when it comes to the tax issues. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And but I think that most people actually think that it's the opposite, right? Oh, I'm too small of a fish to for them to really worry about me. Well, they can sink their teeth in more. That's the problem is because they have all the power and the little guy doesn't. So therefore, you know, they get in there that trap. And uh, so they actually target more so more of the, you know, I would say probably middle class to upper upper to low high end right there. That's the big ones. And then a lot of people don't realize when you're self-employed, what do you try to do? Minimize how much you owe. So that is a big catch all where the IRS loves to get because everybody's trying to get that earned income credit and all that stuff. And those are trigger points. So that's, that's interesting. Cool. Good to know. I mean, I'm, I'm learning some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. This is great. Um, so Harold, like as you, as you've been in this business for, you know, for a, a long while, I mean, it's, it's been, um, it's been quite a journey, right? I mean, can you talk about some of the things that were the, the kind of looking back, you feel that you've done right. Um, and then we'll go into looking back what you've done, you feel you've done wrong and you could have done better. 
Okay. Well, that's a tough one. When um, doing things right, well, um, like I said, it's helping somebody that owes $1.3 million into a, um, a settlement to where they can actually live again. I guess that would be uh, an accomplishment that I'm pretty happy of, um, some of that nature. You know, tough to do. And technically, I th you know, in some instances, I think that's criminal, but uh, luckily they didn't go to that stage. So, you know, and I've had lots of that. I mean, that was probably one of the biggest, but, uh, you know, like I said, saving certain people. Or uh, another thing would be having somebody that, um, let's see, a lady a while back was about ready to go to jail and she didn't realize she had to file a return because she sold a house. She really didn't owe anything, but they were saying that she owed $500,000. So, you know, it's, it's kind of nice when you do some of that nature. That's cool. Yeah. And then Take most, red. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. That would be, you know, probably not getting into it sooner, you know, cause I did okay. waste quite a bit of time, um, as a controller, I was there for quite a few years and, um, working uh, about the same hours that I was when I first started, you know, because when you first start as sole proprietor or something like that, people don't realize you have, in order to make it work, you put a little bit more hours in there at the beginning to get it the right way you want it. Um, so, you know, I was working a lot of hours for someone else. I think that was, and I should have done, you know, should have made the switch sooner. But at that time, I didn't know how or what the what the outcome would be, so to speak. So I kind of held off. I have this nice, you know, money coming in. So I'm going to stay there for a while. And that's what it was. So <laughs> that's cool. I mean, listen, I think that there is no right or wrong time to start on your own. It all comes as part of just life cycle or whatever. I don't think that, you know, you made a decision and you wish you could have done it sooner, but that's there's nothing wrong with with starting where when you did and and where you did. And so, if someone was starting a business like today and listening to you, what would you kind of as a mentor um, through a podcast episode? What would you tell them? What would you share with them? Do some research ahead of time. Get everything in order. You know, read a book. I mean, you have a great book that. Uh, points out all the details there. I mean, and it's, um, and it's right on point. The thing is, is um, that is the best thing. Get all your professor, everything in order, because if you know which direction you're going to go, it makes it so much easier, you know, because then you have a solid path instead of so many, you know, left and right turns. You know, now you can go forth. You can make sure that you have a plan. And that's the best, you know, because I kind of back then kind of winged it a little bit and it took a little longer to uh, process, I guess would be the, the way to say it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and so in terms of, um, I guess, when you do build a business, when you, when you did, and so if someone is doing something similar, not necessarily in the same industry, but in the same path, oh, I want to start on my own, um, what do you think kind of people listening and just people in general should keep in mind when it comes to the balance of family and business? Um, you have to 
keep them equal. You know, I mean, yes, you're going to work more hours during the week, but at the same time, make sure that you have time for the family, time for everything else. I mean, you have to have an equal balance. Otherwise, you're going to burn yourself out if you do too much. And at the same time, as then uh, you can also have problems in the family, I'm sure. You know, luckily with what I do, people, everybody asks, you never see your family, but reality is I actually see them more than uh, I do when I'm, when I was working for someone else, because it, it, you know, you can make your own hours in a sense. Mine are a little bit more um, standard now, but at the same time as, as you could say, okay, well, we're going to go on vacation. You can make that arrangement, you know, more quality time. And I think that's the best thing is make sure you have quality time and make sure you make efforts on both ends because uh, you don't, you know, you al always need to have the back end support in anything you do. Because if you don't have that, then why are you doing it? I agree. That's a good question. It's a great question. And um, I was just thinking about to ask you something, but I can't. It slipped away, but it's okay. We'll we'll find something else. Um, as you, I, oh, I was wondering to in your current business, um, what is the biggest um, struggle you see with your clients? Then that could be both tax resolution clients and tax preparation clients, or anything in between. What's the biggest struggle that they that you see they go through? In their businesses, um, procrastination um, is big one. They wait; till everybody waits till the last minute. Um, but the reason for that is because they don't uh, have their bookkeeping in order. Ninety percent of it is financials. Everybody knows what they do best, but then they figure, "Oh, well, that's simple. I can do that." And in reality, bookkeeping is an art. You know, there is actually you have to know what you're doing in order to do it correctly. And uh, I think that's the biggest um, error that 90%, probably even more, of first starters do. They don't come up with a plan. They go straight out and do what they do best, and they forget about the, the, the bookwork. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's the same. It's the same thing that I see. Um, and I call it less of a procrastination, although that's certainly the word that fits. That's how we see it and as accountants. But um, I think it also has to do with just not maybe fully committing to their business. Um, I don't know if it's that. Um, they're, they're committed at what they do. But the issue is, is they don't feel that the, that the financial side is, is that, is that um, part of a, uh, the problem, so to speak. They feel that it's not that necessary. It's a, it's a, it's kind of like the bad part of the, the business. And a lot of people think it's very expensive too. That's the other issue. And reality is, is, you know, you pay for it now or you pay for it later. You know, it's one of the two. Absolutely. 100%. All right. As we kind of wrap up here, is there, um, actually talk a little bit about, um, your ideal client, whether it's tax resolution or someone who's listening, let's say if they find themselves in this situation that you will describe to reach out to you and um, ask you for help. 
Well, I deal with a lot of complex, like I said, very complex tax returns, multiple states. Um, that would be the ideal type of client or a huge, um, uh, somebody that has a lot of problems. I, I don't know why, but I'm a problem solver, I guess. I loved playing, uh, you know, puzzles and stuff like that back when I was young. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a challenge for me and I love challenges. So anything that has some sort of challenge by means, if it's an IRS, you know, levy, lien, whatever, those, a lot of people, you know, um, have problems with those. A lot of people don't know how to get rid of them. Something like that would be ideal, you know? Um, and then there's always the offers where people are, you know, down in this, uh, economy here right now, there's a lot of people that are really hurting and, um, I can help that type of person too. So, I, I guess the ideal client would be, I don't want to say a difficult client, but a, a complex issue type of, uh, you know, complex tax or complex um, litigation or some to that extent. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much. And thanks so much for being a great guest and sharing your journey with us um, today. And um, as you know, we wrap up, I want to mention that the, um, your links, your website, your uh, Facebook um, page, your LinkedIn page notes will be in the show notes below or below this video if you're watching it on YouTube and also in the show notes of the podcast. So be sure to check them out and connect to Harold. And Harold, again, thanks so much for, for being a guest and for sharing your time with us today. Okay. Thanks for having me. Bye, everybody. <laughs>